This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning Winning try. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday, a.k.a. Hump Day, and welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And of course, Cordell, the talk of the town, the talk of the nation, because we know that football is king, is that Lamar came out strategically during uh John Harbaugh's um press conference during the owners meetings that he is requesting a trade and that he actually requested a trade on March the 2nd earlier this month so obviously this has caused a complete storm across social media and across all media platforms in this situation um Jeff Zreback a good friend of ours on this podcast Mm -hmm and writer for The Athletic um, put out an article that reminded people that Ray Lewis requested a trade as well years ago, but that somehow this feels just a little bit different. When you read Lamar's uh, tweet to me, Cordell, it just feel it doesn't feel like that there's an issue with anything outside of numbers that that is the sole purpose of him asking for a trade. He mentioned, you know, his value and he just didn't feel like his value was met or, um, or understood by the Ravens. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. So um, it just feels like that this is strictly about them not paying him what he wants. That is how I translated it. When you saw his tweets, um, how did you translate it? And, and how do you think that this could potentially go from here? Yeah, I mean, when I saw the tweet, I, I'm like, well, I, I've, I've been saying that this is coming. I, I've been saying for a while. I, I, I don't think, I, I'm, I don't think that playing in Baltimore is at the top of Lamar's want list right now, and he made that clear. Um, I was shocked that he put it out as John Harbaugh is starting his press conference because I'm watching the press conference. Back, we'll give you a little pull the curtain back a little bit on my life. I'm dropping the baby off at, at his grandmother's house and I <laughs> jump on the stream for the press conference. Uh, I, I don't even want to say late. I was I was driving and I had it on. But when the press conference started, it was like the first maybe 10 seconds or so were like clipped off. And John Harbaugh is answering a question that sounds like a reporter asked him about a Lamar Jackson re- trade request. And I'm just like, are they talking hypotheticals or what, like what's, what's going on? And then I hear another question about a Lamar tweet. So now I got to go on Twitter. <laughs> and, and I see the tweet and I'm just like, wow, he, he put the, he put the silent part out there because his actions 
over the last couple of weeks, his actions over the last couple of months have led me at least to believe that he wants out of Baltimore. You said and, that. And he pretty much said it. And Mark, and he said that he made this request March 2nd. And I felt a little bad for Harbs having to go up there and answer those questions. And he's not prepared. He really was blindsided. Yeah. Uh, and, and, He's talked nothing but glowingly about Lamar. Like I, I felt a little bad for, for Harbs in that sense, but Harbs went up there prepared to lie. And we all know that the that these guys they lie. We know this. But it was put on front street during that Harbs press conference because assuming that what Lamar said is true, that he asked for a trade on March 2nd, Harbs is sitting up there. I mean, it maybe it's maybe he's not lying that they're putting together an offense right now around Lamar Jackson. They're planning to have Lamar Jackson, all this and that. So while he may have been blindsided by Lamar's tweet going public, he's not blindsided to the fact that Lamar asked for a trade almost Correct. a month. He knew that. Yes. So uh, that, that part is out there. I don't, like you said in his tweet, Lamar kind of highlights what is the re his reasoning for wanting out. It's because they're not meeting his value. Um, and I think to a degree, he's just probably tired of feeling like he has to plead his case to the organization that has gotten his services over the last five years. And that word value, we got to look at that word value because it doesn't, it, it may not necessarily all be about money. I've been saying that for a while and, and, and I, don't get me wrong. Lamar wants his money. That's the that's the number one thing. He wants the money that he wants. But value could also mean his importance to the franchise. Lamar's impact on the Ravens since he's been drafted to Baltimore is evident. We all can see it. I don't know how much maybe they see it. And and I think the Ravens understand Lamar's value. I think they they appreciate everything Lamar has done, but maybe they don't appreciate it to the point to where Lamar feels like they should appreciate it. I've said it a couple of times. His, his asking price from the Ravens may not be the asking price that he has for everybody else, considering he only knows the Ravens to, the, to, the, to this point. He only knows what he's been asked to do for the Ravens. And he's been asked to do a lot for the Ravens. Yeah. Um, so that could go into why his price may be as inflated for them as it is. I get Greg Roman's out. I understand that. But for Lamar, he may not care because he's going off of what he's done and what he's been asked to do the past five years. Um, I'm, it's another reason why I've been so shocked that teams won't at least talk to him to figure out what he's looking for, what the situation is with Baltimore. Is, is Baltimore's price their price like it's a lot of questions I think we still need answers to from Lamar and these teams have the opportunity to go get the answers right from his mouth and they've been reluctant to do so and I think that's also a part of the reason why Lamar felt like he had to go public with his trade request to kind of throw a new variable into the equation right now because stuff is not moving. The, the market's not moving for him. Right, right. So he had to throw a wrench in the system to get a different outcome. And so I, I think that maybe the idea now that he wants out, maybe that gives a couple of teams the, the idea that maybe they 
they should go talk to Lamar because maybe the, the Ravens won't match any and every offer that's put on him. Maybe the Ravens are prepared to let him go. And once a player goes public and says that they want out of a team, their, their value instantly drops. So while I think that the Ravens should and could still get a haul for Lamar, maybe the two first round picks in the grand scheme of things may end up being the most that they could get back for him, considering this is spilling out in the public. He's now saying that he wants out of Baltimore. Jeff is saying that the Ravens are uh, open to trading Lamar for the right price, which, I mean, you can say that about any player. Anybody. Yeah, that don't mean much um, to me. <laughs> so, so, but it's just the fact that we're hearing things as of late that we weren't hearing from either side in the past now. It's starting to become a little more real that we could be in store for a divorce. And like I said, I think for another team out there, maybe the fact that you know that Baltimore is a little less likely to match any offer on Lamar, maybe that gets you to want to kickstart things and at least go have a conversation with them. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do think that this is maybe a tactic to try to get teams to um, now like approach them and say, but, but then it's weird because he's, it's a, he has, he's on a non-exclusive tag. Right. So teams al already had the opportunity to right. talk to Lamar if they wanted to. Right. But um, maybe it's possible that the non-exclusive tag is teams feeling like they're stepping on the Ravens toes and, or doing the work for the Ravens in terms of setting a market value that they don't feel like doing because the Ravens are probably going to match their offer. Whereas though Lamar now is, is saying, you know, um, um, I, I requested a trade, which honestly, you know, because remember last week we had the reports of a, a, a young man named Ken going around and, and talking to teams. Allegedly, um, Lamar could have done this, I guess, and talked to teams himself because he can represent himself, uh, you know, to talk to teams. So him going public about this is very strategic. And, and I'm curious as to how, how that came about. But ultimately I want to get back to something that you said about value and this this is curious I'm curious because obviously Lamar is um can feel however he wants this is his career this is his life and him setting himself and his family up for generational wealth is something that I'm sure is very important to him but um if it is true about the Ravens offer being putting double to put him second highest paid quarterback behind Deshaun Watson, which I think that nobody is going to beat Deshaun Watson because I don't think we're going to see fully guaranteed contracts. Then I'm, I am curious to know what is not being, what is, how are they not valuing you? Um, now I could say you mentioned that maybe it's not just about finances and that's possible, right? Because even though you and I can agree that the Ravens have, made some efforts to bring in some wide receivers. They drafted Marquise Brown. They drafted Devin du DuVernay. They drafted Rashad Bateman. They brought in guys. It still doesn't feel like that they've done enough from a pass catching perspective. Mm -hmm. So it, it's very possible that they can, that he could feel like, you know, I do a lot of the work for this team because we don't have the best skill players and really haven't had the best skill players sans Mark Andrews, because uh -huh. let's not do that. Um, you know, since he's been there and that's, that's a fair argument, but the Ravens could counter that and say, well, yes, you are in a position though, that you're taking up $32 million of the cap. So even if we wanted to really go after 
uh, a DeAndre Hopkins or Odell Beckham Jr. or whatever, we are not and we're not able to do that because of the cap situation. And obviously, they can restructure and they might and they still may do just that. But at the moment, they can't do any of those things. So I, I am curious to know if that report is true. If it is true, because we do not know if it's true on the terms of the contract. What is it that you feel like you're lacking? And if owners know what the Ravens offered, and they and it's the, it is confirmed to be the second highest, I don't know an owner that's going to go more than what the Ravens are going to um, offer him. That is my conflict because if you get traded somewhere and a team still doesn't want to pay you the money that you want to get paid, at that point is it just because now the ego has gotten to you and you just want and you just want a fresh start because you feel like that this team doesn't value you. My question though, Cordell, is that if the team is not going to pay you as much or or the same, what then what difference is the value? I, I think it's more so we've seen bridges burned in the past because people haven't felt like their their efforts are as appreciated as they feel like it should be. And like the thing and and, and we could both I think we could agree that we could come up with certain talking points from each side um that are both valid. The Ravens definitely have their talking points that they could come to with to Lamar with yeah. as to their reasons reasons as to why they don't want to meet his monetary acts. Uh to, that he's been asking for to this point. And Lamar will have his reasons as to why he feels like he should get what he should get to this point. To, to the to the point of this offseason, and like you said, that him taking up 32 million of the cap and not being that is kind of hindering them from going and getting other guys. You and me know his quick rebuttal will be, well, what happened last offseason or the offseason before? Well, the last time that Deshaun, I mean, that uh, D-Hop was being traded from the Texans and, and the Cardinals got him for freaking David Johnson and a loaf of bread. Like, what happened all the other times when you had me for cheap labor and you didn't, you know, get the weapons around me that I needed? They have coasted by with getting the giving him the bare minimum. I'm not disputing the first round draft picks that they have swung on short. It's an effort. But effort and, and actually you know, and the results are are two totally different things. And they have been panned out. Hollywood, they traded. Bait, Bateman, we don't even know. He's going into year three. We still don't know who Rashad Bateman is. Devin Duvernay is like, okay, he, he can make a couple of plays. I, what is, I mean, at, at best, he's, what, a number three receiver on a team? Like, he's got mm -hmm. really good hands, but... In the past, the the, Ra the Ravens have lost years with Greg Roman not yes. utilizing the players around him. Like it's a lot that he probably has issues with. And even though Greg Roman is gone, he may still be a little ticked off about the fact that they have wasted years. That 2019 year, and I don't want to dwell on the past, but that 2019 year might go down as like one of the all-time failures for them to go 14 and two. You got the unanimous MVP. And you get to the playoffs and you lose at home to the Titans. I mean, yeah. come on. And it was so, and everybody likes to bring up Lamar's playoff record instead of actually going back and rewatching some of the games. And I'm not going to sit here and act like Lamar was great in each one of those playoff games because he wasn't. But I remember that there were quite a few touchdown drops in that Titans game, in that playoff game. Yeah. If there was ever a game that showcased how bad the Ravens needed pass catchers, it was that game. It derailed 
their Super Bowl year. They were supposed to at least get to the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. Or at least the AFC Championship game. At least the AFC Championship, I mean, yeah. And weren't even close. Weren't yeah. even close. So I, I think I think it I've said it before, and, and like you getting back to your original question about the money and if uh if another team isn't gonna match the money that the Ravens have offered him to this point, what what is it that he's doing or what is he looking for? I think it just boils down to some of the intangibles. A, he might want a change of scenery and just a change of just, you know, the the the, the Ravens way ain't for everybody. The Patriot way, as many Super Bowls that they've won, it's not for everybody. Um, and and maybe he just wants to be in a more lax situation, maybe a a different, a, just a different atmosphere. A change of scenery could be all he needs and sometimes you know we've seen players in different sports that are that that they just want out to go get a change of senior and if they're going to stay that team is going to almost have to overcompensate to keep that player there that Mm -hmm. could honestly be the case here for Lamar like if he had said money then okay but value can be a lot of different things you know what I'm saying like we we all are valued in different ways um, and for him, I think money is definitely a big part of that, obviously. But I think it also could be maybe he doesn't feel as respected as he feels like he should. I know that um, Robert Griffin III made a comment about um, uh, last week about, you know, it, it it doesn't feel like it's unsalvageable. And this I would have to assume that RG3, who talks to Lamar, it, it appears often knew about the trade um, request. And he said that after after the fact. So it's very possible that, you know, it is salvageable. Um, but um, both sides, Lamar and the Ravens have to be careful what they wish for here. And, and by that, I say Lamar has to be careful what he wishes for in terms of new environments, because mm-hmm. all organizations are not run the same. Yep. And so you have to be careful about what it is that you're, that, that you're going into just because, you know, you feel like that this, this team slighted you and the Ravens have to be careful about not, being uh, being cheap and putting themselves in, in quarterback purgatory because they're trying to prove some point or they're trying to take a stand on something um, that, you know, potentially could be fixable if it's true that Lamar is not asking for a fully guaranteed contract. So that is just something that we'll have to continue to watch because technically the Ravens don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is that is definitely something we'll watch. Let's continue this conversation, though. You know, there there are some with the trade requests, there are some teams that he could potentially go to that he obviously would be an upgrade at the quarterback position. So when we come back on our next segment, we'll talk about those teams and who he could go to and have an immediate impact for. Have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, hit the subscribe button so that every time there is a new episode, you be the first to know. So, Obviously, Lamar putting out, you know, that he had requested a trade could potentially change the tide a little bit with owners and GMs and say, okay, well, now I don't feel like I'm stepping on the Ravens' toes. You know, if he's publicly asking for a trade, I could absolutely look into this. So, um, obviously, there's been teams that we've we've talked about. Now, there's a couple of guys that you kind of got to cross off the list, it feels like. Um, Carolina, who had a, a decent cap number, I think we're crossing them off because we know that they traded up for the number one pick. The Falcons would have been the perfect fit. He, they have the the second most cap space. I mean, culturally, it makes all the sense, but they put their head out of the ring. 
uh, a team that's kind of been we've heard about and then they've kind of talked about this, it seems, during the owners meetings is the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and Jim Ursay doesn't appear to not be interested in exploring the ideal of Lamar Jackson being a Raven. They do hold the fourth overall pick currently in this year's draft. And so uh, he is possibly exploring that in a separate um, sentence though, not related to Lamar specifically, but uh, when talked about, he did reiterate that he is not interested and fully guaranteed contracts. And our good friend Glenn Clark um, had Bob Kravitz on his show earlier today. And Kravitz reiterated that Jim Ursay, he prides himself as this old school owner. So he's about protecting this brand and he's not interested in fully guaranteed contracts. But if Lamar is saying that he's not asking for a fully guaranteed contract, if you're the Colts, are you taking that? Are you sending that fourth overall pick and some others over, or are you saying I'm just going to take my chances here because it ain't like we got a whole lot of talent anyway, and we can rebuild? Yeah, I mean, for me, I just have a hard time imagining the Colts being a place that Lamar Jackson wants to go to. I, I, it just, I mean, they have nothing. The Colts have nothing right now. That is a team you talk about starting. At ground zero, yeah, that that's what the Colts currently. That's where they are. Um, I don't trust the Colts. I wouldn't want to go out there, but it is a dome team. It's a change of scenery, sure. Um, but it's. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just don't deem that as like a, a prime target if I'm Lamar as a place I want to go to. And I mean. I, for me, and I know I'm I'm not a Baltimore guy, but I would just imagine doing business with the Colts is like doing business with the devil himself. Like I, I wouldn't <laughs> my franchise player to the Colts, considering this is the team that left like a thief in the night out of Baltimore. I, I just wouldn't want anything to do with the Ursays or any of those people uh, out in Indianapolis. So that I, I, I understand everybody's kind of been going crazy about the Colts since Chris Ballard had his things that he had to say about Lamar. And it's like right now, anytime a GM or an owner says anything positive about Lamar, well, you've got to kind of take it as though they're interested because everybody else, when they talk, when talking about Lamar, they're talking about how they're not interested, how they're not having conversations about him, how they're not going to go after him. So uh, to hear any team sound remotely interested is a start. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, for whatever reason, the Patriots intrigue me. They intrigue me. I don't know why. Uh, because I can't really envision Lamar in a Patriots uniform. It looks ugly to me. Um, he going from one militant organization to another. <laughs> we just talked about it last segment of him maybe needing a change. I mean, <laughs> that's probably even more militant out in New England than it is in Baltimore. <laughs> I guess, but listen, if you win the Super Bowls, I yeah, guess, you know, if you, if you deal with it until yeah. you can't no more like Tom Brady and, and right. break away to somewhere fresh. You know what I mean? And Brady broke away with God knows how many rings at that point, what, five or six by the time that he left uh, New England? So, I mean, if that's the trade-off, then sure, Lamar will take it. He'd be playing for arguably the greatest coach of all time. Right. Uh, and Bill Belichick, 
who, and in Belichick's case, it doesn't take, it's, it's not a lot of guys that put a smile on Belichick's face, but Lamar Jackson is one that he has drooled over yes, really he since he's been in the league. He loves him some Lamar Jackson. Um, so it's intriguing. And when you hear Meek Mill putting the, the putting the bug in in in, <laughs> in, in uh, Robert Kraft's ear, and then Rita, you, I mean, we know that this is. I've said it all along. This is an ownership decision. If you're going to get Lamar Jackson for considering the type of impact that he makes on your franchise, considering the type of money that we believe he's looking for, this goes above the GM and the coach. This is absolutely, a- absolutely. This is about who makes the, the big bucks and who signs the big checks. Yep. And that's what it boils down to. So, so to hear Robert Kraft say it's up to Bill Belichick. Now, maybe he's joking. And just trying to pass the baton. Yeah. But I mean, Bill Belichick has a lot of power in that Patriots organization. We we know Robert Kraft takes what Belichick says as law. If Belichick wants a guy, he has the freedom to go get him. So yeah. if Robert Kraft is saying it's up to Bill, I I would just I I definitely think it's something that's worth keeping our eye on, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah, I, I don't think it's anything wrong with saying that. I think the commanders would have been a good idea too. But the problem is, is that Dan Snyder is dealing with his own things, and 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 I am not a hundred percent sure. But I believe if they sign with him as the owner, he'd have to front it with the, at very least the the, the uh, guaranteed signing money. Which if you if you're leaving out, um, there's a brink of it that he'd have to be responsible for, which if I'm leaving, I ain't trying to help the people that's that's buying me out because you pushing me out anyway. So look at it because I, I think I know the money doesn't have to go into escrow until next year. Correct. So uh, if, by that point, the team would be would be sold. So I think he'd have to pick up that thirty-two million dollar option that's on his tag. Yeah, he'd have to. Right pick, he, he he would not be scot free. Yeah. That part I do know. Yeah, right. The tag he'd have to pick up, but the 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 big money that'll fall on on the next owners, which is even more reason why I'm like I I would think Dan. I mean, and maybe the new owners want a splash player like Lamar. Magic Johnson is supposedly a part of the 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 ownership group that's the favorites. Yeah, to the team right now. We saw what the Suns did in the NBA, the new owner with the Suns. The first thing he did that week was go and trade for Kevin Durant. That's Absolutely. the fan base going. Go get Lamar Jackson, but I don't know. Yeah, it's very – and look, it's, it's not out of the realm, right? I'm just simply saying that Dan Snyder probably his, – his thing probably at the moment isn't trying to help the people that's uh, coming after him because uh, at some level he's being pushed out in some mm-hmm. way. So it, it doesn't bode him to do it because he's no longer going to be the owner to benefit from whatever Lamar Jackson's benefits are. But it does make sense because – um, they do have talent. They do have good players on defense and offense, and he, he wouldn't be far. He'd be down the street. So that would make sense to me. Obviously, they don't have a uh, – they have a mid-round draft pick. So from the Ravens' perspective, I don't know what you can really do with that if you try to find it. But ultimately, too, Cordell, the, the Colts really could potentially draft this year and then try mm-hmm. to do something for next year, whether it be – put in a trade, uh, uh, excuse me, put in an offer sheet mm-hmm. or put in the trade request after the draft, which obviously doesn't help the Ravens at all if for 2023 and could be potentially disastrous. But th- that's a scenario that could absolutely possibly happen. Now, what you'll hear people say is, 
Well, the draft next year um, has they, they they believe that the class of quarterbacks is deeper. Um, while I'd argue that I, I don't think that any of them are as good as the top three personally, but that outside of Caleb Williams, of course, I'm not. I'm to me, Caleb is the rock star, and then everybody else is just there, right? But ultimately, people will argue that there's going to be more quarterbacks coming out, and that the draft class is deep, whatever the case may be. But ultimately, that is something that could happen. And look, the Ravens could potentially do something with that too. They could draft hooker in the second round maybe you know i mean something could happen from that but you don't want to be put in a position where your 2023 is completely maxed out like you don't have a plan you don't have a backup plan at all so that's something that we have to watch for because it could be possible that teams are going to wait until this draft and then try to go after lamar which could be problematic for the ravens because as of right now they really don't have a quarterback except anthony brown maybe yeah (laughs) Tyler Huntley's a restricted free agent with a low tender on him. So if they lose Tyler Huntley, they're not getting anything in return. Um, I do agree with you in in what you were saying about the the rookie quarterbacks coming in the next two years. I think Caleb Williams next year's class has the best quarterback uh, out of the two C's out of the two. Yeah, I I agree with that. But he, but but you're going to have to give up a whole lot to get number one. And that's my thing. Whatever team you lose Lamar to via the non the non-exclusive tag, you're not getting the number one overall pick. I mean, and you're on. not going to be bad enough to get the number right. one overall pick right. because you still have a good defense. You still have a good offensive line. You still have running backs that can mm-hmm. run the ball. You still have a class tight end, a top three tight end, and Mark Andrews. So you're really not going to fall off as bad as you think. You might be seven and ten. But that seven and ten ain't going to get you a first, a number one overall pick. It's just not. And, and now what they could, now I guess what their plan would be is to use potentially if they're still in the market for a quarterback next year is to try to is to pray that the team that they do lose Lamar to has a high enough first round pick to where they can combine it with theirs and maybe move up in the draft. You know, to and maybe. Th- be creative and throw another, maybe a Patrick Queen at that point. Yeah. Yeah. There or something. Just some, try to put together a nice trade package to move up into the spot to where they could land a Caleb Williams uh, or somebody. I mean, because if you're going to lose Lamar, I mean, that's, that's now the new bar, right? Yep. That's, that's the new bar. Just like Flacco was the bar at quarterback before Lamar uh, came in. Lamar's the new, now granted, I'm not, I, People, I know there's a lot of Flacco stands out there. Flacco won the Super Bowl. I get it. Obviously, in terms of team success, Flacco would have it. But individually, I mean, I, I don't know. You could pick your poison. I'm going to say Lamar's the, the, the bar, at least, in, in terms of the total package, in terms of what he does on the field, his impact off the field to, to Ravens fans in the community and everything. Yep. I just think Lamar's a straight-up rock star yep. in the NFL. So he's going to be the bar of what you're looking for at the quarterback position from everybody that comes in after him. Caleb Williams is probably the guy that can get close to meeting such bar. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it would be imperative for them to try to move up next year and, and, and get that. But the thing is about the Colts, if they do wait until after the draft, and I agree with you, I think that it, we're going to see a lot of movement in the in Lamar's market after the draft because teams – not only are more willing to give up next year's picks and the pick yep. year after that, but then you'll have teams like Miami and San Francisco that can't jump in right now because they don't have a first round pick, but after the draft, they can get in. 
So yep. that makes things a little more interesting. And I think Indianapolis, considering they have the four, the, the, the fourth overall pick right now, they have a, you know, that's within the realm for the Ravens to, to do something with that pick. But if they wait until after the draft, they lose some of their leverage a little bit because now they're just like every other team. They're just like every other team who, okay, we don't know what their pick is going to be next year, as opposed to, okay, we know we're getting the fourth pick this year. We like that, but going into next year, not knowing what you're going to get, I don't expect the Colts to be great next year, even if they have Lamar Jackson, but they're not, they're probably not going to be bad enough to get a top four pick in the draft. I so, yeah. you know, they, they lose a little bit of their steam by waiting until after the draft, obviously for them, they'd rather give up next year's pick instead of this year's four. Exactly. But if you're the Ravens, you want that number four pick. So it'll be interesting to see how they play that. Um, but, I, I, and, and, you know, in terms of just another team that we think may be in the contention for Lamar, I don't know why, but I've been seeing a lot of, like, watch out for the Vikings. And I guess well, I think Kirk Cousins um, is, what, his, his last year is this year? Yeah, I believe so. Of his contract? I believe it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. They could, they could do something like that. Give up the two first round picks uh, or, or do a side trade and, you know, do their own coordinated trade with the Ravens that involves maybe cousins being sent to Baltimore or something like that. Oh boy. That's and, I mean, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, that'll, well, that'll be the connect that'll be the true dc to baltimore connection right oh there. my god Your cousins coming to baltimore that that would be hilarious <laughs> I, I, would, I would at least get a little bit of a kick out of that oh my god i would not by the way so um please do not speak that into uh, existence thank you very much but yeah I, I i definitely think that that's something to watch for in terms of teams wanting to use their picks for this year's draft and then potentially going after lamar after the draft is over once they have their needs uh in the draft so something just to watch for guys before we get into our last segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, what are you waiting for? Hit the subscribe button so that every time Cordell and I talk about your Ravens, you will be the first to know. So Lamar has asked for a trade. And honestly, in the past couple of years, this has not been the first time that a Raven has asked for a trade. Now, people ask for trades all the time, Cordell. This is not a a thing in terms of just the Ravens um all 32 teams have had someone say hey I, I don't want to do this no more I want out I would like a trade um but in this town in recent years we've had um a, a guy that was a left tackle asked to be traded um a guy that was a wide receiver in the first round asked to be traded and now the quarterback of the franchise is asking to be traded so um, you had three different instances that I mentioned in, in terms of Orlando Brown, Marquise Brown, and Lamar Jackson. And, and again, this is something players do on every franchise. But is it something that you feel is a concern in terms of how many players, impact players, uh, on the Ravens have asked, asked for a trade in such a short period of time? I do think it's a little bit of a concern. Um, the Ravens have a lot of Ravens fans have had their issues with some of the draft picks over the last couple of years. Um, some guys haven't panned out to be 
what they want them to be. And some guys have turned out to be good, but just not as good as expected, right? And so I think it's dangerous when you are losing so many of your own hand-picked guys in such a small span. And it uh, most of them are on the offensive side of the ball. And granted, they're all for different reasons, whether it's scheme, whether it's their role, whether it's money. Um, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that all of these different guys have asked out from the Ravens. And the Ravens have continuously granted all of these guys their request. Um, I, I've said it before. I think um, perception is reality. And the perception around the league is all, I mean, you look at the wide receiver perception around the league for the Ravens. People, receivers don't want to come to Baltimore. And I know we can say Greg Roman this and Greg Roman that, but even before Greg Roman, the Ravens historically aren't an organization where you just think about the wide receiver position when you think about the Ravens. Um, It's been a a bugaboo of theirs since their existence. And it continues to happen. I mean, they just signed Nelson Aguilar the, what last week. I mean, th- that's, that's their wheelhouse. That's where they live. They live in the world of Nelson Aguilar's. And you have this perception around the league that those are the only types of receivers that want to come to Baltimore. And it's dangerous because it truly does impact some of these guys' decisions when they have an opportunity to come to Baltimore. And I think in this case, it's similar where it's dangerous when you have this perception growing that you aren't keeping your young players happy, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. I I don't think that's the reputation the Ravens want to have. You've already had Hollywood Brown last year asking out. You had you mentioned Orlando Brown. Granted, his was for uh, he wanted to be a left tackle, and the Ravens weren't going to have him be their left tackle, obviously because they had already paid All Pro Ronnie Stanley. Then you got Hayden Hurst who asked out, albeit his was also because he did he basically lost out on the tight end position to Mark Andrews. But again, regardless of the reasoning. When you see that it's a continuous pattern of players continuously wanting out, it's it's not good. And then you see it's a lot of your key players, right? Orlando Brown was a key player on the offensive line. Hollywood Brown was a key player in the offense. Lamar Jackson, one of the biggest key players in the league. And let's not even quit. Let's not. And while these guys haven't necessarily asked for trades, I'm going to throw Rashad Bateman in there. I'm going to throw J.K. Dobbins in there. Both offensive players, key offensive players, coming out publicly, complaining about their roles, complaining about how they've been used, complaining about the uh, strength and conditioning. Like, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. And and the Ravens have been this organization that people kind of look up to in the league, right? You know, everybody respects the Ravens culture. Everybody respects the Ravens way. And I do think they've had a couple of chinks in their armor over the last couple of years. And they've looked a little more human um, compared to the rest of the league right now. And and now with this Lamar thing and Lamar asking out, I just think it's a dangerous precedent to set that whether this is what they're trying to set or not, it's just the way it looks. It's the opticals a lot of times. And this is a homegrown player, a player you drafted that basically, at least on an individual level, turned out to be everything you wanted him to be and then some. 
Yeah, I, I I I agree with that. I do think that the optics do not look good. Um, the Orlando Brown and the Hayden Hurst trades don't really bother me much. Orlando Brown clearly wanted to be a left tackle at the time. Um, when um they got Ronnie Stanley back, he moved to right tackle, and and we know how he feels about being a left tackle. So right. there's that. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with Hayden Hurst feeling like he wasn't getting his burn and wanted to go somewhere else. Although I do think it's very weird that every time Hayden plays against the Ravens, he has like some weird vendetta against them. Brother, we didn't know that you were gonna mess up your foot and that Mark Andrews was going to be the emerging star as a result. I mean, it just happened, but you got your way out peacefully and yet so right. for some reason you hold some weird grudge against the Ravens and it's very weird. Still feels now, like he's the one that got away, you know. Uh, uh, okay, I mean the Ravens feel no way about that because statistically Mark Andrews is better than you oh. and have done better than you and it's okay. Sometimes it just works that Rita, way, you right? you have the ex that is like when they, you know, that's like they want to show you, you know, what you're missing <laughs> out on and, and then you're like bro, I'm not even looking. At, I moved exactly. on. I'm good. Like it's cool. <laughs> I see you but I'm cool. Exactly. I I, I don't mean, I mean, okay you, you still look good but I'm good over here, you know, because my girl is better. That's right. what we got going on here. So that doesn't bother me. The Marquise Brown and the Lamar Jackson trade requests do bother me. Mm -hmm. The Marquise Brown one obviously does because clearly that was a situation where they where he felt like on the field he was not being valued or being played in the position where he should. And that was a schematic thing, right? And mm -hmm. obviously we can put that back to Greg Roman. And I'm going to put that on John Harbaugh too yes. because John Harbaugh is his, is the head coach yes. and he should be able to say to Greg Roman, I need you to put him in better positions to get yes. the ball or more positions to get the ball and he didn't. So there's that. I do th that is concerning. Lamar obviously is concerning because although I do think that it's about money mainly I would not be surprised that some of this is not about how he has been utilized as well in terms of this uh, in terms of offense so those two definitely stick out and I agree with you that the the addition of J.K. Dobbins who by the way is on the last year of his con his rookie contract and then Rashad Bateman have publicly had things to say about the organization even though Rashad Bateman did go back and apologize and kind of retracted his statement a little bit. But J.K. Dobbins is just beyond one, okay? And I don't think he even cares. He just no. is going to say what he wants to say, yeah. or he's going to like all the, the tweets that y'all say that he wants to say, and and that's just what it's going to be. And you do have to find a way to 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 kind of bring people back, just kind of, you know, bring some stability back into, because what you're used to, in terms of the Ravens, in terms of like them having pretty quiet off seasons and and, and not having a lot of drama being played out publicly, now you're starting to see those things come out publicly, and that's not something that they're used to. So yes, I I, I do think I do think that there's some concern. I, I if I if you make me put a percentage on it, I'd say fifty percent. I say if there's a fifty percent concern, but the other fifty, I think it's just kind of how things go. You know what I mean? In terms of the Rashad Bateman situation. I think he just didn't understand the context of it well. Now, if you're a James Prochet or a Devin DuVernay, you'd probably feel some type of way of, of what um, EDC said. But I don't think that, that that comment was towards Bateman. But I also understand why he reacted the way that he did because he is in that group of those guys. And so that, that there's that way to feel. And then, you know, the Dobbins situation. But ultimately, the Ravens have to find a way to bring the bring them all home and to not 
allow these things to be manifested um, to the point where they're asking to be released. They're asking to be traded because that's the part that's unfortunate. And again, that is not something that is not uncommon. All these teams got players, but it really does feel like the last couple of years, the Ravens have really had an influx of guys who have publicly publicly shown that they were unhappy or publicly wanted out and wanted to move forward. No, I totally agree. Like you don't, you just don't want that to be an ongoing thing. And it's been something that's gone on the last couple of years. It's their young guys, right? Yeah, It's a lot of their young guys. That's, that's the alarming thing. Um, and maybe it's, you know, I, I know the Ravens way has worked throughout their history has worked for a lot of their players throughout their time there, but these young dudes we're seeing around the league, they're different. They're coming in different. They're, they're not necessarily the same types of players or the same types of people that have played in the league before them. So I think maybe you there's an adjustment you have to be able to evolve with the times and yep. maybe the ravens just need to look at and i think they're starting to obviously with the change at offensive coordinator which is overdue um but they that's just one of the things but they i think they need to start looking at some of the ways that they do things that they have done since the beginning of their time that yes albeit has worked but we're in a different time now. These players are different. Their personalities are different. Social media adds another layer that you didn't have to deal with in some of the past years. Um, I, I just I just think that it's time for them to maybe reevaluate from top to bottom in the organization the way they do things. I'm not saying completely change who you are or don't have the Ravens way anymore or anything like that. But Everybody, I mean, you in the offseason is that time to kind of self-reflect, self-scout, right? I mean, you this is what you're supposed to do as an organization. I do think there are little things that they're going to have to change to make sure that they are trying to keep their players happy. I mean, and, and even just in terms of Lamar, I, I just I just think you don't want to set the precedent that you you are going to draft players, especially at the quarterback position, because it's such a unique and high paying position as is. I mean, the number is only going to go up even after Lamar. The numbers that you're that they that you're that you're playing that you're paying elite quarterbacks is only going to go up. Yep, they don't go down. What are you going to do? Are you going to play this game every time you get a you? Let's say you do draft a Caleb Williams or somebody else that turns out to be better than Lamar. Yep. You know, what, what, what are you going to do then? Are you going to have the same song and dance? Are you going to say that I'm, you know, I'm not keeping my players here or are you going to eventually do what it takes to make it happen? And I'm not saying this has, I'm not saying that the Ravens are wrong for how they're gone about it with Lamar or anything like that. Like it's, it's ultimately their choice, but at some point you've got to kind of put the, the, the stopper in the tub and, 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 and not allow yourself to, lose your best players i mean it, you, you know franchise can really sustain the type of blow that i think that the ravens are about to take if they lose a lamar jackson even to the value that they get back in a trade those picks who knows what those picks are going to do exactly those picks are going to stay on the roster i mean come on let's be yep. real so i mean it's it's a shift it's a huge momentum shift in your organization and i, I just think that lessons need to be learned on both sides once this thing is done. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I do. I, I've said this on this podcast numerous times that I do think that sometimes the Ravens are doing this old fashioned thing that like maybe the two that applies to the 2000 team. But this is like 2023. And so many things have evolved from there. Um, and so I, I, I just think that you have to find a way to you know, just come up to the times. I'm not suggesting mm-hmm. that you be the next group that does fully guaranteed contracts. Yeah. If that's what you and your friends decided that y'all don't want to do. But I think that you have to find a way to get very close to what it is that, that so then that way you don't lose your right. best player. And that's basically all I'm saying because guaranteed contracts are moving up anyway, in terms of like um, value, you know, we're, we're, we're at the point now where over 66% of these contracts now are for, quarterbacks are becoming guaranteed so you know it's not if if it's not guaranteed today but eventually we're we're heading that we're we're on the road i mean even if it's 20 years from now i'm just making the point that you know at some point i do feel like it's getting very close even if so Mm -hmm. even if you try to give lamar 70 percent of it, 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 I don't know what we don't know what the the request is, right? We don't know, but I'm saying that if it's if it's close to like seventy percent, find a way to try to make this work because again, this is yet another player that's asked for a trade request, and it doesn't really look good considering that there's other guys that have gone out and asked for trade requests as well. Now we know that the Brown situation, he didn't publicly do that. We didn't find out about it until after the draft, but. Um, Orlando Brown was pretty vocal um, at the end of uh, his last season with the Ravens and and was saying, I am a left tackle and, you know, all that other stuff. And then we found out that he had requested a trade. So you just don't want to keep doing this. You don't want to keep having guys ask for new uh, teams because for whatever reason, you know, they don't feel like you align with what they have going on. So hopefully um, that they can stop the bleeding on this and it's, and this, the bleeding can stop here with Lamar Jackson and they can find a way to, to keep this guy in Baltimore for a few more years. So we want to thank you all for listening to the podcast. We'll be back on Friday. I'm pretty sure that we're going to continue to talk about Lamar Jackson because that is the topic of the, <laughs> of the time. Right. Got a couple more day, uh, a couple more weeks till the draft, but we are inside the month. We are T minus Whatever days, we are inside one month. So we are less than one month away from the draft. So eventually we'll start talking about the Ravens' needs, who they can pick from the draft. Uh, If there's a trade, how many picks that they have? Because as we know, as of right now, they only have five picks in the draft and they do not have a second round pick. I'm not complaining because I'll take Roquan Smith any day of the week, by the way. But we will find out more in terms of uh, draft needs and what the Ravens intend to do for that. So thank you all from Cordell to me. This is Winning Drive.